Hello, this is Joel Birnbaum from Some Theatre. Thank you for tuning in to our Last Sunday podcast. What you are about to hear was recorded live at the Broadway Theatre in Saskatoon on the last Sunday of the past month. Artists were asked to respond to local, national, and international current events of the past month in whatever way they chose. Please check out the show notes for credits about the artists and information about some theatre. And visit our website at sumtheater.com. That's sumtheater.com. Thank you, and enjoy the podcast. The gentle rain and soft moonlight fall on the tent of home tonight tucked underneath the wall duvet your slumber dreams the hours away you keep me warm as you hold me through the night oh what a day we had once more the lake and woods outside the door where hiking trails are steep declines and wild grass smells like summertime this feels so right and it's what keeps me up tonight I lay awake again because I'm scared to say je t'aime And I can't seem to unwind The night sleeps my mind The glowing walls and blushing skies Dance on your lips and dozing eyes This morning light my chest but spinning thoughts won't slow to rest is this meant to be what does that even mean cause laying here is so damn easy will you say Je t'aime aussi. 
Thank you to Alexis Norman. Great to have you here for the last Sunday, season four, episode five, the February edition. February, the month with a day dedicated to love, the month that many people love to hate, especially here in Saskatchewan or pretty much anywhere in Canada. It's a tough month for many reasons at the best of times. Then this year we have a global pandemic, neo-civil rights movement, exposing structural racism, cancel culture, and throw in, just for good measure, a polar vortex. For several days in a row, it was below minus 40 here, but it's all relative, right? Because when you go outside today and it's like, ah, it's nice, what is it, like minus 25? It's not bad at all, kind of balmy puts things in perspective. I, I remember when I used to uh, live in Asia and I would tell them that back home we had minus 40 or minus 50 temperatures. And they would actually look at me like I didn't know how to count in my own language because it's kind of out of this world. But we'll hear more about the polar vortex later. What's important is that all jokes aside, whether you've had a pretty good February or if you've had a tough February, you're not alone. You're here with us tonight for the last Sunday to process the current events locally, nationally, and internationally through the arts. And we're glad that you're here with us. We're grateful to be here at Saskatoon's Broadway Theatre with a capacity of hundreds. There's eight of us here tonight, but we all have really big hands, so that's uh, why you'll hear us if we're clapping. But I encourage you at home, if you're watching via the live stream, hop on the chat, even if you're not the kind of person that likes to go on the chat, just introduce yourself, especially if you've been at a last Sunday before, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, who you're watching with. And if you're new to the last Sunday, introduce yourself as well. Say who you are and what brought you to the last Sunday. We would love to hear from you. If you are new to us, you don't know that tonight has four parts. The first, the music with the lovely Alexis Norman. Then we have a rant, a brand new 10 minute play, maybe the newest play in the world, and a hot seat interview, all in under an hour. But we would like to have participation from you on the chat through the whole night. So make sure you feel free to ask a question. We've got Laura monitoring the chat. She'll be texting questions to me here at the Broadway. It's important to acknowledge, as we always do, that the Broadway theater here is on Treaty 6 land, the homeland of the Métis people. And for me, and all of us at some theater, Land, land acknowledgements mean having an honest check-in with ourselves whenever we're talking about them, and not just treating it like a turn off your cell phones acknowledgement, and actually thinking, what does it mean to live on this land? This land that has a dark, dark history of violence and a bright, bright future of hope. What can I do? What can I actually do to build relationship with people who also live here on this land. And that's one of the things we're doing tonight and this season with The Last Sunday, is trying to build relationship with people across Saskatchewan, such as our partners in North Battleford, Prince Albert, and Swift Current. And we've got Donna Chalice in North Battleford. Donna, uh, are you there this evening? How are you doing this evening, Donna? Very well, thank you. 
Excellent. <coughs> what is new since we talked to you last in the Battlefords? We're as frustrated as everybody, but um, we are back in rehearsal in a show which opens on uh, March the 8th. Uh, little audiences have to make my, you know, a lot of adjustments, but we're uh, glad to be going forward again. And uh, we're looking forward to things getting better. The hope is alive at the Battlefords Community Players. Great to have you with us, Donna. And we've got Gord in Swift Current. Not at the theater, but at your, at your home, Gord. How are you this month? We're doing well. Thank you very much, Joel. What's new in Swift Current since we talked to you last? Um, <laughs> the, the polar vortex caught us in the middle uh, at the Lyric Theater, which is, uh, was built in 1912. Three-story building, beautiful building. We love it. Um, we had several days, as everyone did in the province, of very cold weather, and uh, we ended up having uh, pipes freeze and um, burst um, water uh, about and our sprinkler system. And so for a week, we were um, uh, incapacitated, and then um, we got the amazing um, craftspeople in to take care of it. And uh, we're back up and running, uh, so that's good. And we had great community support for that. And then we're... We had uh, two premieres um, of our Lyric Digital stage this week on Thursday and Friday, or Friday and Saturday. Um, right Out Loud, Lyric Digital stage, Right Out Loud, Local Writers' Night, and Lyric Digital stage, Open Stage. And they were wonderful, as always. And uh, we have musicians from all over the province. Um, we even had Alexis on one. Uh, she's just so fantastic. Um, and we're so glad to see her with you tonight. Um, and so, uh, and we're planning for our Great Southwest Shakespeare Festival, um, and really hoping that we're all systems go by the time that arrives in the summer. Fingers crossed for that. Thanks, Gord, for the update from the Lyric in Swift Current, and Donna from the Battlefords Community Players. Uh, we'll check back in with you next month. Little assignment because we're so excited to hear from all of our partners about what's going on with their theaters and theater in different part of the province. Next month, we're interested in checking in with you, our correspondents around the province, and what's going on in your city. What current event is happening in your city? We'll check back in with you next month, and later this evening, we'll check in with Judy Wenzel at Sum Theatre Regina. Speaking of the weather that's frustrating Donna in Battleford, that's breaking the pipes at the Lyric Theatre in Swift Current, thanks to our correspondents on this index card, I have some actual quotes of things that were said by real people living in Saskatchewan during our polar vortex, overheard around Saskatchewan. The top three things overheard around Saskatchewan, these are real conversation pieces because you know here in Saskatchewan, we love to talk about the weather. Number three, did you know we're in a polar vortex? Number two, how about that cold? And number one, actually heard several times around Saskatchewan during this past month, cold enough for you? So how do you reply when someone says cold enough for you? We'd like to hear on the chat how you could change your response to that question to something that was a little more, I don't know, meaningful. Uh, maybe, uh, how about those race relations? <laughs> Let's hear from you on the chat, join us 
live on the chat and we all hear from you via text later in the program about how you would answer one of those weather-based questions to turn it into something a little more meaningful. Speaking of more meaningful, next up tonight we have a rant from someone who is an actor in our community, a cultural funder, and tonight is ready to talk a little bit about race relations and cultural relations in Saskatchewan this month. Please put your hands together for Dominga Robinson. Hello, everyone. Um, I'd like to acknowledge and thank my Nehewak, Dene, Dakota, Soto, and Métis friends and relatives, as well as the non-Indigenous people of Treaty 6 for allowing this Jamaican Nakota woman from Treaty 4 coming up into your area to rant tonight. I'm gonna speak to you from a place of pure love and respect and as a good friend. I'm the kind of friend who will tell you if you have a piece of food stuck in your teeth or if your hair is sticking up because I believe that good friendship comes from truth. So with that being said, Tonight, I'm, I'm here talking to the artists, the cultural workers, the people in media, the museums, heritage folks, the people with kids, the people with any kind of influence in their job, even government. I'm talking to you today out of love. But I think there's something wrong. So we're just wrapping up Black History Month and Indigenous Storytellers Month here in Saskatchewan. It's such a wonderful time. I look forward to this time of year every year. You know, February is a chance when the black and indigenous histories and stories come to the forefront. And the richness and the beauty that I know is there is celebrated by those everywhere. And it's really a beautiful, beautiful time of year. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't love Black History Month, but we need to designate one month to share these stories. There's something wrong here. It needs to change. Now, I know that growing up, you and I, we have all experienced a time when, you know, uh, we're forced for years and years to listen to colonial settler history. This history, it celebrates the conquering of this land. Um, those are my peoples that y'all are talking about. That we're the ones who were killed and oppressed and stolen to give that land. The education system and the media shares this story in a celebratory way. We did the most. We're the greatest in the world. Sun never sets on Britain. That's a lie. Canada is founded in white supremacy and theft. Those who don't, that doesn't sound like great people to me. Those don't sound like great things to me. There were slaves. There were not slaves here in Canada, though. Canada was a place where the Underground Railroad came, where the slaves were safe. Lies. Slavery was abolished in Canada in 1834. That means it was legal prior to that. And the slaves that escaped on the Underground Railroad weren't welcomed with open arms. 
The stories of segregation and oppression are real. We hear about them every February. The Indians were here before us. They, they agreed to share this land. We signed agreements. They welcomed us with open arms. Wow, that's a big lie as well. The Indian Act, which still exists today, is the single most racist piece of legislation that exists in this country and potentially the world. It was an act in, enacted in August of 1876. The intention was to eliminate the Indian. In September of 1866, 1876, excuse me, Treaty 6 was signed. So they knew prior to going into signing those agreements that they hadn't planned to eliminate the Indian. They didn't go in with pure hearts. That was all a lie. John A. McDonald, this is a good one that they like to tell down in Treaty 4 area. John A. McDonald was a great leader and a great man. That is a big fat lie. Johnny A. was a racist drunk who barely had the respect of his own peers. He was really good at taking care of that Indian problem, though. So if that's the leadership that you're talking about, keep clinging to that statue there, Regina. So why so many lies? The lies exist to pr protect the ancestors, the colonial settlers, from the ugly truth. It protects them from the shame that is at the core of this land called Canada. I know this is an uncomfortable truth. It's not nice to hear that murders, rape, bloodshed, racism, slavery and theft occurred so that you can have your big, beautiful home. Those travesties and tragedies continue today so that you can have, keep your family farm and you get to have a cabin at the lake. But it's enough now. Now, I want you to remember that I'm coming from a place of love and respect and as a friend. The whitewashed historical narratives need to stop. This story didn't begin with settler pioneers arriving here 150 years ago. This story of this land began forever ago. And the truth, the ugly truth, of what's happened over the last 150 years needs to be shared. I believe that having true stories and knowing the honest truth of what has happened here will create empathy and understanding and assist in our combat against racism here in this province, which we know is a huge problem. So let's embrace the stories from the people of color all year round. Wouldn't it be cool if Black History Month, Indigenous History Month, Asian History Month, Immigrant History Month were just icing on the cake of sweet stories told all year round of resilience and perseverance? Let's do better. We can do better. That's where we need to get, my friends. I don't want to have to wait till February every month to have to recognize and celebrate my ancestors in the mainstream. I want to see it happen all year round, and I think we can do it. Pina Mea, one love.
Thank you, Dominga, for spreading the love and your call to action to have a very big storytelling cake all year round with some love icing. Awesome. Welcome back, Alexis. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing really well. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks for joining us on the last Sunday. My pleasure. Could you tell us a little bit about the songs you've chosen and why you chose them this month? Right. So, well, the first one I did was uh, a brand new song. It was actually the very first time I ever performed it. Wow. And, uh, and I had just finished it right when the month started. And it's a love song. So I thought, okay, Valentine's Day, love it or hate it. Um, it was a beautiful song, by the way. Oh, it's a beautiful thank you. song. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this next song is called, um, it's actually a friend of mine who wrote it. Uh, I was thinking about February and specifically how cold it's been. And he wrote this song called Qu'est-ce que ça mange en hiver un sans s'assoir? So, what do francophones on the prairies eat in the wintertime? Um, and I won't give the punchline away. Uh, but, anyways, so there's that song. Uh, and then the last one is uh, one of my favorite tunes that I wrote a long time ago. It's one that really describes the scenery in Saskatchewan. Uh, and I am training for a marathon. And in the last year, I have seen a lot of Saskatchewan on foot. And so I thought, um, even in the polar vortex, <laughs> and even yes. in the wintertime, yes. uh, I, you know, I keep going out there. And so, I don't know, I guess I just... Um, the imagery in the song kind of reminded me of the things I've been running around um, here around like around the river and um, the prairie sunsets over like a monochromatic kind of winter scenery. So wow. that tune as well. Wow. What is one thing you've seen in your, your time on the land, out on the land, running on the land that surprised you? Uh, uh, well, actually, in the summertime, I'm usually surprised at the amount of grasshoppers there are. Okay. Last summer, there were a lot of grasshoppers. They're also training for marathons. I guess so, yeah. So, they yeah. keep the pace. Fair <laughs> enough, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, let's find out what do uh, francophones eat in Saskatchewan in yeah. winter. Yes, we will. Sounds good. Thank you. <laughs> Alexis Norman. Denise vient de Prince Albert, puis les quatre coins sont frigidaires, sont tous remplis de salade verte. Si elle mange ça à tour de bras, c'est bien pour pas faire l'excès de poids pendant les mois où il fait frette. Mais le problème dans notre province, c'est qu'en hiver, faut pas être mince. Parce que moins 30, avec le vent, c'est comme moins 55. Qu'est-ce que ça mange en hiver un français soir? Quand les bandes de neige sont gelées ben Qu'est-ce que ça ronge en hiver un français square Quand les plaines sont blanches à perte, à perte de vue Pour passer les mois d'hiver, Bassel s'achète des caisses de bière Qu'il entrepose au fond de sa cave quand il fait noir à journée longue, puis quand le soir de soir la fournaise gronde, une bière froide, ça l'encourage. Mais le problème dans notre province, c'est que quand il fait près de quatre jours sur cinq, les pauvres bassels embrassent sa bière plus souvent que sa femme. Qu'est-ce que ça mange en hiver un français soir? Quand les bancs de neige sont gelés, ben 
Qu'est-ce que ça range en hiver un France Square Quand les plaines sont blanches à perte, à perte de vue. Caleb arrive de la Côte d'Ivoire. Il bouche les trous dans ses armoires avec des sacs de pommes de terre. Il se gave de pain puis de poutine. Il mange des beurres et de margarine. C'est ce qu'on lui a dit qu'il fallait faire. Mais le problème dans notre province, c'est que t'as beau copier ton voisin, tu vas geler comme toutes les autres, borné, pris comme un prisonnier pendant les huit mois de l'année dans ce climat de marde. Qu'est-ce que ça mange en hiver un François soir? Quand les bandes neige sont gelées ben dures, qu'est-ce que ça ronge en hiver en François Quand les plaines sont blanches à perte, à perte de vue. So francophones eat salad, and they eat poutine, and potatoes, and margarine, and beer, and that's still not enough to stay warm in winter. What the heck do they eat? Des pierogies. Can always win with a pierogi. On the chat, let us know what you eat during winter to stay warm. We want to hear some comments on the chat. We had a shout out on the chat. Nice words, Dominga from Sterling. So you've got a fan, Dominga. Sterling is saying woohoo on the chat for you. At this time of the program, we always like to acknowledge the support we get from our funders. We could not do the work we do at some theater without the generous support of the Canada Council for the Arts, Sask Arts, and the city of Saskatoon. We're grateful for your support. Thank you very much for supporting us and many other arts groups. Thank you. Also, this season we have a very, very special partner, and that's Dr. David Edney. If you've tuned in already to one of the episodes this season, you know that Dr. Edney saw the value of connecting communities across Saskatchewan through the arts, and Dr. Edney, through the Dr. David Edney Theatre Fund, has made it possible for us to live stream and connect with Regina Swift Current, Prince Albert, and North Battleford. The reason we're not hearing from Prince Albert this evening, they are preparing at Spark Theatre for a production of The Drowning Girls coming up next month. We will post information on our Facebook so you can tune in either live if you're in Prince Albert or on live stream at the end of March. So before you see us again, make sure you check out the work going on and we'll also post links to the work going on in Swift Current and in Battleford that you heard our partners talk about. Speaking of partners, today we have something very special. I mentioned earlier that the 10-minute play is the third part of the last Sunday. And tonight, for the first time ever, the play, this brand new play, is being read from another city. Specifically, 258 kilometers away from the Broadway Theater in Saskatoon is the Artesian in Regina. And we have a brand new play 
by playwright, actor, director, hip-hop artist, and super cool dad, Greg Ochitwa. And so in about five seconds, we're going to hear what might be the newest play in the world, rehearsed under an hour ago, Blair Canada by Greg Ochitwa. Hello, this is Blair at Air Canada. I understand you'd like to make a Hi, change to- Hi Blair, yeah. Uh, Cam Silverman here. I have a flight booked for this upcoming Friday and I'm just gonna have to bump it to the next week. Okay, Mr. Silverman, sounds good. I'll be able to help with you with that. Hey Cam, ready to go? Uh, just a second and I'll, I'll, I'll be right back. Sir, it might be best if I let- Hey Rudy, uh, you got my bagel? No, sorry, was I? Uh, yeah, forget it. What's up? Are you coming down? Yeah, yeah, just finishing up a call. We're all set down there? All set. The room is getting a bit tense. Hey, that's why we're having this meeting, right? They'll, uh, they'll feel better after we lay out the new rules. Uh, guidelines. Sorry? Well, uh, you see, uh, you said uh, you... you we're just, you told us to use the word guidelines instead of rules. Right, 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 thank you. That's right. <laughs> I can't even follow my own guidelines. Yeah, so we are scheduled to be starting right now. When do you think- Great, perfect. Give me two minutes and I'll be right down. Don't forget your masks. Thanks, Rudy. Hey, you still there? Hello? Yes, Mr. Silverman, hello. Okay, are we all set? Not quite. I just need a bit of information. Name as it appears on your passport? Cam Silverman. Address, Mr. Silverman? Yeah, it, don't you have all this on file? Yes, but it's still the protocol. Can't you just sort it out and give me a call back? Sorry, no, it won't take long. Address? Can't you just, I, can I just give you my credit card number? Yes, Mr. Silver, Silverman. But first, can you please confirm your address for security purposes? Yeah, fine, sure. Uh, 615 Saskatchewan Crescent, Saskatoon. Is that what you have? I have a beach home too. You might have that under me under that? No, that was correct. Thank you. Okay, great. We have you booked for a flight to Monaco with three stops. Hopefully we can find you something similar. When were you hoping to depart? That's all you need? Yes. If you want to fly on a different day, I'll need to know a preferred date. Yeah, no, but all somebody needs is my address and they'd have access to all this info? It seemed like you were in a hurry. If you'd like to go through more security steps- What, no, no, let's just uh, forget it. Uh, what do you need? When were you hoping to depart? Any day, soon. The sooner I'm on a beach, the better. Oh, uh, sorry, just, just one second. Wait, please don't put me on hold. Rudy, what's the word? We're just- Waiting on you to start the meeting. Yes, yes. Uh, what's it looking like down there? Uh, it's, it's no beach. Oh, no, I, I was just... Uh, why don't you get the meeting going, uh, give everyone a little rundown on the new safety guidelines, and I'll be down before you're done. I, I really think it would be best if it comes from you. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, I'll be right down. Great. Is everybody masked up? Oh, yes, of course. Everyone's uh, double masked. Oh, uh, I might need you to bring me another mask. I think I only have the one. Is that 
Are you asking me to bring you a mask? <laughs> well, it's, it's a safety meeting to talk about our new double mask rule. Probably wouldn't be too smart if I was to walk with only one, right? Uh, no, that, uh, yeah, you're completely right. Okay, bring me one of those fancy ones, uh, one that has like a cool coat on it or something. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'll see what I can find. So, we were scheduled to start five minutes ago. You know, when do you think? I'm ready. As soon as you get here with the mask, I'll be good to go. Okay. Hey, okay, let's wrap this up, okay? Hello? Hello? Yes, hello, Mr. Silverman. If you need to finish this at another time, I'd be happy to call you back. No, come on, Blair. I need this vacation. I need this. Okay. The only flights I have for the week after would be the following Monday, departing at 6 a.m. Yeah, fine. That's fine. Just email me the info. Sure, I can do that. Great. Thanks for the, your help today. Oh, I'll just need to go over some questions related to COVID-19. First, have you been in contact with whoa, anyone? Whoa, wait, wait, I, sorry, I know, I know your questions are important. I know they are. I just, I really don't have time for this right now. So don't worry though, I'm good. I'm perfectly healthy. It won't take long, Mr. Silverman. Just a few questions so that we can do our best to keep everyone safe. Have you tested positive or been in close proximity no, to- No, I haven't. I haven't had COVID or been in contact with anyone who has. I'm actually just about to talk to my staff uh, about a company's new mandatory uh, double mask rule. So pretty sure I'm one of the ones you don't have to worry about. Hello? We take safety very seriously. And if you're not willing to cooperate with us in our efforts, Blair, then- Blair, you really think I'm stupid enough to fly to Monaco if it wasn't safe? Oh, just to confirm, you have me down for first class, right? Hey, Cam. Oh, I, this is just, yeah, um, I don't care how good of a deal it is if it's, it's not a safe time to fly. Excuse me? Your mask. You're the best. Safety first, Rudy. <laughs> Safety first. Ready to go? I quit. What? Have a good trip, Cam. Rudy, that was, just, I was just, it's just. You're an ass. First class. And that was Blair Canada by Greg Achitwa live in Treaty 4 at the Artesian in Regina, featuring uh, three fantastic actors from here in Regina, Amanda Zielinski, Ryland Alexander, and Skylar Anderson. Uh, independent artist, director, extraordinaire, some theater associate artistic director and Regina correspondent, Judy Wenzel. How are you this evening, Judy? I'm doing well, Joel, how are you? Doing really good. It's so great to have you live at the Artesian. When was the last time you went to a show at the Artesian? Oh my gosh, uh, I, do, I don't know, I don't remember, but it was, uh, I had a pretty overwhelming feeling when we were in here uh, on Tuesday doing a tech rehearsal and walking into this space again was uh, was was pretty emotional for me, I for sure. I bet it's a special venue in Regina. What's a, what's one memory that you have of a show at the Artesian at any point in your life that you've attended? What comes to you right now? Uh, what comes to me right now was this uh, album release show a few years ago that uh, Marshall Burns did, and uh, and he played all these songs uh, about kind of about Regina, about his relationship to this city, 
uh, which uh, he has a, a song called Shit Town, uh, and it really resonates with me, but this kind of like love that he has for this sometimes, you know, shit place that we live, uh, but that there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot that is special uh, uh, when you are open to finding that and when you are uh, open to discovering it. So well that's said. a memory. Well said. Well, it's just great to be back inside the Artesian, uh, 258 kilometers away from us. We can feel we can feel you out there and looking forward to being back in the Artesian next month. You heard me talking to the other partners. It's so great to hear what's going on with the different theater companies and the different venues in the province. Next month, we'll be checking in about the current event, something that's going on in your city, a hyper-local event that's happened or issue that's going on in your city. Can you report back to us about that, Judy? I'm on it. You betcha. Judy Wenzel, live from the Artesian in Regina. Thanks, Judy. Thanks, actors. It was great to have you as part of the program this evening. The first ever time the last Sunday has beamed to us from the Artesian. Hopefully not the last. Let's bring out Alexis Norman for one more song this evening. Round of applause from all of us eight people here with big hands. Well, this song is, uh, like I said, inspired by the scenery in Saskatchewan. It's inspired by a road trip I made from Alberta to Saskatchewan from Banff in November one year, and uh, Joni Mitchell's song, The River, and so, so full of nostalgia. Sing me home, les sommets des montagnes veillent sur moi, dans le rétroviseur comme des rois, je quitte enfin l'Alberta. Sing me home En passant les petits villages oubliés Et toutes les vieilles granges abandonnées Et les clôtures de fils barbelés Sing me home Sous le clair de lune de Victor Hugo Qui éclaire la route le long du cours d'eau Ta rivière qui chante comme à la radio Oh, Johnny, sing me home Je patinerai Sur la rivière gelée où j'apprendrai À m'envoler à l'horizon sur cette terre endormie sous la neige d'hier C'est Miron où les arbres sont figés dans le vent Sous le gel ils se protègent du temps 
Et comme toi, ils attendent leur printemps. Oh, Johnny, sing me home. Je patinerai sur la rivière gelée où Alexis Norman. We've got some traction on the chat. A big shout out to Judy and the actors from Glebe Mount. Uh, Tracy saying, I agree with uh, Dominga. It shouldn't just be one month. We need to have meaningful conversations all year round. Nathan says it wasn't until last year that he learned that slavery was ever legal in Canada. Thanks, Dominga, for bringing that up. Tracy said, we're talking about what people eat in winter now, slight gear switch, uh, chicken enchiladas from Amigos last night. Uh, and Jennifer Bruin says, terrific work and great to hear new works from live actors. Awesome to hear nostalgic music, to be back in the Artesian. Additional shout out to Creative City Center in Regina, our partners, and to Hardly Art Theatre, who partner on the creation of the play. If you're interested in writing a play, we have a few more last Sundays left this season. So please get in touch with us. We support you as you write your play. You get to keep the play and expand it to a full play if you wish. We'd love to hear from new and emerging playwrights around the province. We're also excited in addition to the Artesian and Creative City Center in Regina, we have a great partnership with the Saskatoon Public Library. If you're loving the topics tonight, or even if you're not, if you're wanting to learn more about the topics, more importantly, make sure you go on the Saskatoon Public Library website under their book selector list. Their librarians have created a list of books, DVDs, and other resources about tonight's topics. So you can do a little more reading and engaging with this information to learn and experience more about what you're hearing tonight. Please don't be afraid to uh, keep sending in messages. We're getting live texts from Laura, who's monitoring the chat. Joe Pike, big shout out to Alexis, saying Alexis is so fab. And the last portion of the evening, as promised, the hot seat interview tonight, talking about something very cold. Let's welcome to the stage meteorologist Terry Lang, who has, for 30 years, made weather her business. Round of applause for Terry. <laughs> Terry, welcome to the last Sunday. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for being here on this uh, very cold month. Uh, it seemed appropriate to talk a little bit more about the weather, but before we get to the weather, could you tell us, like, when you were a kid, is, is this what you wanted to, to be, was a meteorologist? Not necessarily meteorologist, but I knew I was going to be in the sciences. Okay. I loved everything, like volcanoes and hurricanes and, the, and space and all those kind of things. They interested me. And was there a certain moment where you became interested in those things, or, or did it just sort of happen? 
no, it just kind of happened. It was, you know, when growing up in Regina, um, they used to have what was called the book trailer. Okay. And they would come along because you wouldn't necessarily be able to go down to the main library. Yes. So they would bring these trailers full of books and you would go and they would come like every Monday night. And I would go in there and buy, you know, not buy, but rent, uh, take out all the science books and go and you'd have them for two weeks. So I'd just pour through them and then they'd come back again in two weeks and I'd go back and switch all my books out. And did you do some pretty cool science projects when you were a kid? Oh, no. No, I was just, I was more of a bookworm. More of a bookworm. Fair <laughs> yeah. enough. Which, which brings us to now. You're now a meteorologist. You've been working uh, in, in this career for 30 years? Now. Over 30 years, yeah. Over 30 years. Yeah. So what's your favorite weather? What's my favorite weather? Oh, boy. That, that's a, a really tough one. Um, I love thunderstorms. Okay. Uh, even though they, they do scare me, but I do love I do love thunderstorms and I do love the rain. What do you love about thunderstorms? I think the power, the power of them and what they're capable of doing and how they're formed and it's pretty amazing. How are thunderstorms formed? Well, it has to do with the way the currents move up through the sky um, and to be able to get lightning, which is how you get thunder, um, you need the presence of ice crystals okay. because it's the banging together of the ice crystals that form uh, electricity. And if you get enough electricity built up in the cloud, that's when lightning forms. Wow, fascinating. I don't think I ever knew that. <laughs> wow. um, does it uh, piss you off when people say partly cloudy? Um, <laughs> well, yeah, because it's sort of, uh, you know, half dozen and one sixth of the other. Yeah, so, it's either cloudy yeah. or it's not cloudy, right? Yeah, well, you can have a few clouds here and there, but yeah. It's so it pisses <laughs> you off, kind of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's the 50% chance of, uh, you know, rain or whatever. That pisses me off. Yeah, well, why does that <laughs> piss you off? Because we're taught you can't say 50. You either have to say 40, which sort of uh, is not as good as of a chance as 60, which is a better chance than not that it's going to rain. Right. It's always <laughs> my theory that the weather people on TV are, are just sort of saying it's going to happen, and then if it doesn't, they look good. <laughs> and if it does, they look good. That's right. That's right. It's, well, it's almost about spinning spinning the weather wheel or maybe throwing darts, but there's a lot of science behind there, it. There is? Okay. Well, speaking of which, we, we asked you to come on the show to talk initially about the polar vortex, because, boy, we heard a lot about the polar vortex this month, and it was all over, as I said, people were saying, how about that polar vortex? So can you, like, break it down, obviously, 30 years as a meteorologist, can you break it down in, like, layperson's terms and just tell me, like, very simply, what is the polar vortex? Well, right now, the term polar vortex seemed to is being used to describe winter. Like, did you ever hear about the polar vortex 10 years ago? I can't say I did. No, but it's always been there. But all of a sudden, somebody you know, used that term in the media, and now it's being used to describe when it gets cold. But it's gotten cold like this, like since time began, right? So all of a sudden, we're using this term polar vortex, but it actually is a thing. This polar vortex actually does exist. It's always up near the poles, like the North Pole and the South Pole. And it's caused by, you know, the, the deepening of the cold air. During the winter, there's no sun, right? And it's, you know, it's complete darkness and there's no light to get in to warm things up. So we have this really deepening of this really, really cold air. And it spins around like that. So it's always there. But what happens <laughs> is sometimes we get sort of a piece of that. The jet stream starts to meander a little bit and it'll bring some of the cold air down. Huh. So that's, and that's how it gets cold here in Saskatchewan. But for some reason people, oh, it's the polar vortex and that's how it gets cold here. But 
It's always happened. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. I want to come back to that in a second. I'm just going to check in with the chat to see if we have uh, some questions. Um, what's the scoop on wind chill? This is a question from there. We'll come back to the polar the polar vortex in a second. But what is, like what's the deal? What's the deal with wind chill? What's up with wind chill? Right. And this is a, a, a pet peeve of mine because people think that the wind changes the temperature of the air. It does not. So if you take a thermometer and put it outside and it's minus 40 and there's no wind, it'll say minus 40. Yes. But if there's a wind and the wind chill is minus 55, the thermometer will always say minus 40. It's actually, and if you listen, wind chill doesn't have a, have a unit behind it. It says it feels like minus 55. It's more like an index, like the UV index or whatever, right? Ah. So, so imagine yourself as a, as a hot cup of coffee or some hot chocolate. If you want to take a sip of hot chocolate or coffee, you blow on it. Yes. That's the same concept as you as a warm body outside in the cold air. The stronger the wind blows, the faster heat is t taken away from your body. Fascinating. It doesn't change the temperature, but it makes you feel Older. Well, I've, and it's funny you bring up feels like, because I've often wondered, I get, like you said, the thermometer is the temperature. So who gets to decide what it feels like? Like, is there someone going out there and being, well, it feels like this to me? Like, is There actually is a very complicated um, equation that figures it all out. Really? Yes. <laughs> is it a computer? Well, a computer, you know, does the figuring, but some, some guy or some woman sat down and figured out what the equation is supposed to the be. The feels like equation. <laughs> okay, more questions are welcome via the chat. Just let us know if you have a question for, for Terry. Glebe says, record-breaking driest April in 2019, record-breaking cold this month. Are we in for any more record-breaking? Records are always being broken, and that's the thing about this last month. Um, there weren't that many records broken in Saskatchewan. Most of our cold temperature records are actually in the minus 40s, like minus 45, minus 46. There, it actually wasn't that cold, relatively speaking. So, and the thing is, our temperature records or our, our um, precipitation records aren't very long. Most of them are maybe 100 years long at the longest. So we don't really have a really good picture about things, but certainly... My concern as we come out of winter is it's been really dry mm -hmm. and we're, we're continuing to be dry. So I'm concerned coming into, you know, spring and summer about the dryness. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the polar vortex. You said there's a <laughs> little bit of uh, stray. What would we call it? You said uh, cold air? Cold air. We yeah. call it a cold air outbreak. And yeah. An outbreak. Yep. Okay. So what's breaking that cold air out of the, the polar vortex? Well, imagine a jet stream, yes. and the jet stream, is, it separates the cold air from the warm air. It's a big funnel of, you know, air up in the upper atmosphere, and it's always going around the, pro the, the globe, and sometimes it starts to meander a little bit, and if you can imagine... Is that be just because it decides to, or does something happen to break it away from the other cold usually air? Usually it has to do with, like, other things that are happening on the planet, uh, temperatures of the sea surface, that type of thing, other bigger weather systems that move it around or whatever. Yes. And if it starts to really meander, that's when we get these, you know, big cold outbreaks that can go down, like the one that reached down into Texas. Yes. Have you ever seen something like that before? In my lifetime, I've never heard of snow in Texas. Oh, yeah. It happens about once every 10 years. Really? Yes. Really? Yes. Yep. And the thing... Really? Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe you. Yeah. yeah. Once... Yeah. Climatologically speaking, once every 10 to 20 years it happens. 
really. And, yeah. and, and so this is, this is something that, even though it happens every 10 years, they were like, it's never happened, snow in Texas. Is that also the media or is there? That's also the media. The media. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> it's a sense, it, they sensationalize things and that's, I mean, that's, that's their job to do that. That's how they get viewers and that's how they, you know, draw people in and th that's, that's what they do. So polar vortex actually is an actual thing, but what it actually means is? It's cold outside. It's cold outside, yeah. <laughs> Not quite as catchy. Not quite as catchy. Yeah. No. Stepping in, my five-year-old son was like, "We're in the polar vortex, Dad." <laughs> See yeah. now, everybody knows what that means. Yeah. Even though before we'd just say, oh, "Arctic air is coming," and yeah. And so that's that cold front down in Texas is actually just that piece of drifting cold air, or they, they yeah, got all the way down there. It was funneled all the way down from Siberia down through the central part of Saskatchewan, down through the central plains, all the way down into Texas, even made it down into uh, Mexico. And where does it go after that? I mean, it goes down, there's a snow dump, and then it dissipates, or? Usually the weather pattern changes, plus they get more sun down there. They're closer to the, the oceans, which are a tremendous uh, source of heat and, and moisture. So that modifies the air somewhat. So yeah, it just kind of moves off or gets modified or off it goes. You obviously know what you're talking about, so I'm going to keep asking you <laughs> questions. Um, what do you wish people in Saskatchewan knew about climate change? Oh, my goodness. Um, I think one of the, the biggest things that we have to worry about here is how it changes our precipitation patterns, mm. that the possibility of changing precipitation patterns, making it a lot drier in southern Saskatchewan is a possibility. Um, and that has an effect on how much water is available. And that's in rivers, for agriculture, that type of thing. But also the, what, what it means for changes in northern Saskatchewan as well. Mm. Like change, if, it's, if the winter's too warm, it's going to change um, ice roads, which affects our, our, our indigenous communities very much because that's part of their lifestyle and part of how things get done up there and that type of thing. So there's a lot... Um, of possibilities that could happen. I mean, you know, there's changes in crops that, that could happen, all that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, for me, uh, the, the biggest thing is, is the, the water and what it means for water and also what it means for severe weather. Like if we start getting more severe storms, that means more, you know, danger and damage and that type of thing. I read in your bio that you're working right now in an area of, uh, of preparedness for right. severe weather. Right. So in your day-to-day, -day, what are your, your, do you have a crystal ball? You're kind of like, is it coming? <laughs> is it, like, I do you actually get do have a crystal ball. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, do, you, do you study long-range forecasts longer than like the two weeks? Do you have inside information? I do, Yeah. I do, yeah. We actually, we look out for seasonal forecasts, like, you know, is it gonna be this for the spring? Is it gonna be wetter, drier, warmer, colder? So that's, and that's about as far as you can go with some sense of sort of, well, okay, yeah, that could happen type of thing. But we look at a whole bunch of different weather models, and if they agree, you go, yeah, I, I think it's going to happen. But if they're all sort of over the map, then we know, well, it's not, not really good. So it's, it's in, informed guessing. Informed guessing, which yeah. actually relates to another question from the <laughs> chat, and keep them coming. We've had lots of questions tonight, lots of participation. Jennifer says, how accurate is the 10-day in advance weather forecast? Not very. Not very? No. And with a 10-day forecast, like a lot of people say, well, you said it was going to be plus 10. Yes. But all you're looking for out in the 10-day is, is it going to be warmer? Is it going to be colder? Is it going to be wetter? Is it going to be drier? Because it can change a fair amount. 
like over, well, even over a week, but certainly out to 10 days, we can kind of, well, the pattern's looking like this, but it can change pretty fast. So <laughs> what, is, what is like the, is it three days? Is it five days? What's the tipping point from uh, accuracy to BS? <laughs> <laughs> it's about, uh, about a week. Uh, if, yeah, it's about a week. Anything after a week is just guessing? Pretty much. And when we look at the, the weather forecast that we publish on our website, uh, anything after day five is completely computer generated. It's not even looked at by humans, just computer generated. So, so. computers are telling us what they think. What they think. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, we all know about those things. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, another question from the chat. During the polar vortex, as we know, <laughs> during that time. Winter, yeah. Winter, um, so it was minus 40 something here. It was minus eight up north in Iqaluit. Can you explain that? Yeah. Why, is that like they just got a break? Well, it's, it was an unusual pattern because you can imagine the cold air coming down from like Siberia down through um, Western Arctic across Saskatchewan. But what was happening on the East Coast is that all the moisture and the warmth from the East Coast was actually going backwards. We call it retrogressing. It was actually going backwards up through Iqaluit. And as cold as we were cold, they were warm. They were 15 to 20 degrees above what they should be, you know, on average. And that's kind of the scary part. Because remember we talked about the, the jet stream kind of being the difference between the cold air and the warm air. Yes. If the Ar because the Arctic is warming at about three times the rate anywhere else in the globe, that difference between the cold and the warm starts to weaken. And so the jet stream kind of gets even wobblier. And that's when you get all these weird patterns occurring because of this wobbly jet stream. So that's why that's a whole other, you know, part of climate change discussion, you know, and what it means for those people up in the Arctic is, is it's just, uh, it's mind blowing to think about uh, what it means for the Arctic and for all the, the indigenous people living up there. Indeed, we have time for about one or two more questions. Another question off the chat. How does one predict how much snowfall there is going to be? And how accurate is that? Well, we generally use you know, weather models uh, yep. to predict. Um, and it's a bit of an inexact science as well because you know, we noticed when it's like minus 25, the snowflakes are really, really tiny. But when it's like minus one, the snowflakes are really sticky and close together you know, and really, really big and they can accumulate really, really quickly. So you have to kind of take into account how cold it is and how much moisture is around. Fair enough. And one more question. Uh, James Wood wants to know, uh, does the Farmer's Almanac check <laughs> with you before they publish? I don't know, James, do you mean like Terry personally or Environment Canada? Um, do they check with you before they publish? Absolutely not. No. And they will not tell anybody what their secret formula is for... Really? No. Would you talk to them if they called? No. Don't bother, right? <laughs> It seems weather predictions are way more accurate than they were 25 uh, years ago. Is my husband making that up? Asks <laughs> Jennifer. And now, you, now, and now she wants you to be a marriage counselor. It's true though, just because our weather models are getting better. That's why the computing power, the ability of the computers to compute all this, the, the weather stuff, they're all, it's getting faster and stronger, so they're getting better, but they're not 100%. Right. You work in severe weather prediction, what are you predicting for you personally, Terry, just to put you on the spot, we do call it the hot seat. Uh, what are you predicting in the next five years that we'll see for severe weather in Saskatchewan? Oh my goodness. 
that's really tough to, 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 to try and nail down, but I'm, I'm thinking we're gonna see more in the way of severe thunderstorms and, and, and damaging uh, patterns and that type of thing. Yeah, if, it, if things, if the trends are kind of continuing the way they are, that's what I think we're gonna see. Does anything give you hope? Um, uh, well, I'm hoping that mankind is resilient and that will do the sort of the mitigation and adaptation that we need, need to do so that there's not so much suffering by, you know, people in the, you know, the world. A forecast of resiliency. Thanks to Terry Lang from Environment and Climate Change Canada for answering all of our questions tonight. Terry Lang. Thanks, Terry. <laughs> and that brings us to the end of this month's last Sunday. As always, we ask your help in two different ways. Number one, if you have friends and family members that you think might like to participate in Last Sunday, please spread the word. Right now, it's very easy to participate from your home. Tune in via the live stream, and hopefully, before too long, we'll be back together in person in all of our partner locations. And please, spread the word to people to help us build community. And number two, if you would consider supporting us financially we cannot make our work free without support of people like you, people who are watching right now who have donated. You can go to our website, our Canada Help site, and make a donation. In addition, there's gonna be another way to support us coming up this month. Before next last Sunday, we'll be going live with some theater's first ever merch offering. And maybe I will wear one next month, but uh, check out our website, join our mailing list if you haven't. But most importantly, we started the episode talking about February being a tough month. And all weather jokes aside, when it's dark, and when it's cold, when there's lots going on in the world, it can be really hard just to get out of bed in the morning. And if you have those rough days, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, you're not alone, and we're in this together. We're thinking of you, hope to see you next month, Take care of yourselves. We are some theater. Thanks for listening to the Last Sunday podcast edition. Please check out the show notes for information about the artists and our team and visit sometheater.com. That's S-U-M-theater.com for more information on everything that we do. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us again.